Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here. Annalie Anderson loves people and all her friends, but nothing lights her face up like asking her about one of her friends with special needs. From remembering fun prom dates, to choosing joy in an elevator, to even grieving a loss, Annalie shares about how her friends have molded and enriched her life. Here's my conversation with Annalie. Hi, and welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. I'm Kathy here with my friend Anna Lee, and I love her and I'm so excited that we are going to get to know her a little better and hear her heart today. So Anna Lee, welcome. Hi. So fun being here. We love it. And you've got a big smile on your face already. <laughs> it's and true. I love you to pieces. I might should have put Kleenex on the table. <laughs> I know. I, I may Annalise. cry. Actually, I probably will you cry. You totally will cry. <laughs> I'm a crier. <laughs> she is a crier. She has a real compassion to heart. And I completely forgot. Okay. Literally last night, I was like, t-shirt. I've got to put Kleenex on the table and I didn't do it. It's okay. Oh, well. Okay. Story of my life. I never have Kleenex when I cry. <laughs> well, that's all right. Tears, tears don't bother me. That's right. Tell me, though, before we start crying, or you can cry during okay. this if you want to, but what is a little something that has brought you joy lately? Um, fall. I love it's fall. Um, I love the month of October, and we've had beautiful weather, and I just feel like fall is a turning of a new page. It just feels like something's ending and something new is beginning, and so as cheesy as it sounds, this weather has been so beautiful and so refreshing because I just feel like the Lord's saying, it's a new season, and I specifically prayed for fall weather and got answered, so I'm on great track with my prayer life right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I'll give you my prayer list later. Okay. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing really well. Okay, great, yeah. <laughs> well, we are going to get to know you, and one of the things that you have a huge heart for mm. is that God has let you meet a lot of really great people mm. over the years yeah. that have impacted you, that you've gotten to develop friendships with, and have led you into being changed by and encouraged yeah. by and a real opportunity to step into individuals and families with special needs. Yeah. And so... Start maybe, I don't know if back at the beginning is the best way to explain it, but tell me some people you have met over the years and kind of let us get to know them with you. Yeah. Um, so I think the first person that I would talk about is Joey Lappin. Um, I met him when I was a freshman in high school, and I feel like that's kind of when God started to do all the unraveling for me of what it looks like to love families with special needs, to do life with them. Um, and so I think God specifically put Joey, my, Joey in my life for that reason of like, this is what I've called you to. This is why you have this heart. And so um, Joey lived majority of his life in a wheelchair with intellectual disabilities, but he was the most joy-filled person you will ever meet. He had the best <laughs> laugh. Um, he had the best dance moves and he was so friendly and he was like the most liked guy in high school. And so I felt honored that 
I got to even be friends with him because Joey was popular. Like everyone knew Joey. (laughs) And so um, I met Joey my freshman year in high school and just we became super close friends. I became really good friends with his family. Um, And so he had a super contagious laugh. He had this will to learn and to... uh, overcome things. And, um, he would like scoot his wheelchair really fast in the hallway. So you knew that Joey was coming and you had to move out of the way. (laughs) Um, and so Joey and I, um, formed a really beautiful friendship. Uh, we went to homecoming all four years. Did you really? Yes. And so, um, I got to make him a garter and got to give him, um, I wore a mom. And then we had this thing in high school called the grand ball, which was basically the prom for our friends with special needs. And so I was Joey's date all four years. And so I think I've seen pictures of you. Oh yeah. It's so cute. My senior year, I made him cupcakes and I was so proud of myself because I made the cupcakes and they turned out great and I did not fail. And then I wrote, I like put icing on them and I wrote grand ball and he was so excited. And so yeah, there's like some old school Annalie pictures that you could find on my Facebook if you want to. <laughs> I would love that. And I think I, ha- I have seen some of you yeah. and Joey. Uh-huh. I didn't know there were more. Oh, there's more. There's lots. Uh, baby Annalie. But that was like a fun thing that we did all four years. And so um, Joey... Joey's life expectancy was very small. His mom was told that he was not going to live for a really long time. And Joey passed away um, last October. So just shy, almost a year ago. That's crazy. Um, Just shy of his 31st birthday. So um, his passing was really hard and caused a lot of grief in our life. But we also looked at like how God just there were so many possibilities for Joey. Like he was not expected to live almost 30 years and he did. And so um, he, I think is one of many people in my life that God has given me to teach me so much and um, to just live life simple and free. And so he, he was incredible. So one of my favorite people. I have heard you talk about Joey and his family multiple times, and it's always been with this depth of love. Like, your countenance yes. and the joy on your face always is uplifted when you talk about yes. Joey, except for yeah. when he died. Yeah. But I have felt over the years mm. just your genuine love for him and for his family mm. and how <laughs> knitted you are to mm. them. And mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are some really special, special people. And what's been interesting is his family is not believers. And so um, I think that there's been this really sweet ministry that God's given mm-hmm. me of living in high school. I lived life with Joey and they, you know, they knew that faith was very important to me. But then even in his death and his passing, like a really great ministry opportunity to talk to people that are grieving without hope and they're grieving the loss of a child with special needs, which is just so many layers. And so God's been really kind and opening up really sweet conversations with his mom um, just about like what that looks like and to grieve with hope and to put your hope in in Jesus and heaven and eternity. And so it's been really sweet. Mm. Yeah. You talked a little bit about what you learned from Mm -hmm. Joey or how Mm -hmm. he impacted you. What is a thing or two that you and when you reflect upon him, your friendship with him, what is a thing or two that's uniquely noteworthy to you for how he has impacted you? Um, Probably that joy is a choice. Um, Mm. I think a lot of time life life happens and it's really easy to be negative or to look at the all the hard things and to not 
feel joy or choose joy. But I look at Joey's life and there were so many obstacles that he had to face. I mean, he lived his life in a wheelchair and he had this disability. It did not define him, but it physically uh, limited him. And he was the most joyful person I've ever met. I mean, um, just constant contagious joy. And so anytime that I've walked through something that's been hard, I'm reminded, okay, I get to choose joy in this situation. There's there's two choices. I get to be really sad and throw a, throw a pity party, or I get to be joyful. And God meets me in that joy. And so I look at Joey's life and I'm like, choose joy, choose joy, choose joy. Um, and then every time I ride an elevator, I think of Joey because he <laughs> loved elevators and that's he would the ride best. the elevators and <laughs> he would laugh the entire time. And he had so much joy in an elevator. And I have elevator phobia. I am terrified of being stuck on an elevator. But every time I ride an elevator, I'm reminded, okay, choose joy. Whatever happens, <laughs> choose joy on an elevator like Joey would. So that's like a, you know, like a lesson, but then a practical thing. I think about Joey every time I get on an elevator. <laughs> I have to choose joy in the elevator. <laughs> Don't you just love that God lets us do life with people? Yes. Like I have the biggest smile as yes. I'm, I'm listening crying. to you talk about him. <laughs> I love you and knew it would happen. It's my fault it's for okay. not bringing the cleanest. It's okay. I love hearing you talk about Joey and just that God kindly gives us people yeah. so you get to walk through life with them. Yeah. Yeah. It, man, he, I, you know, and I, I feel like I have this promise of getting to see Joey again one day in heaven and I can't wait and his body's going to be whole and he's going to be walking and he's, yeah, I just, I'm like, what a promise and what a hope. So one of my favorite people, Joey Lappin, will always be. Hmm. I love that. Thank well, you. I know you've met a lot of other really yes. great people that have influenced you. Tell me about some yes. more. Um, so another fun, another set of fun people that I've met is Ben and Wendy Erdman. Um, they live in College Station, and they are little spitfires. I mean, and I say that <laughs> at, like everyone that knows them would say that they are spitfires because they – um, are independent. They have lots of opinions. Um, they love people endlessly. Um, they're talented. They're gifted. I mean, like when I just think of them, I'm like, oh, I just want to squeeze you because you're just so wonderful. Um, so I met them during a season of ministry in College Station. And uh, Wendy and Ben both have Down syndrome. Um, they're married and they've been married for almost 20 years. They got married in July of 2003. And when I first met them, I didn't know that they were married. And really? then I found out that they were married. And I was like, what? Um, but super cool. They live in a house by themselves. Um, Wendy works at Chick-fil-A. She is the most well-liked Chick-fil-A member in College Station. They're pretty popular. Wendy and Ben actually are super popular. You seem popular. to know all the popular people. I guess so. <laughs> Thank you, God. Uh, yeah, they're super popular. Actually, now that I think about it, like everybody knows Ben and Wendy. Um, ben used to work um, at a job with A&M and then he retired. So he stays home. But um, they're funny. Uh, Wendy used to tell me all the time, like, how things should happen at the ministry that I was doing and in the most loving and gracious way would give me her opinion. And um, they are, I look at them and I'm like, oh, you would think that that would not be possible. Some, mm -hmm. an individual with Down syndrome can't get married, can't have a job, can't, you know, go to the grocery store, uh, can't have a social life, but they have it all and everybody loves them. Um, they're super involved in Special Olympics, so they both do their own sports. Um, and I mean, I look at them and I'm like, 
yeah, the possibilities are endless for them, mm-hmm. which is just so cool because that story's not like that for everybody in their situation. But for Wendy and Ben Erdman, they've lived this abundant life um, and super involved in their church. And um, they go on date nights to Dairy Queen, which is right around the corner. And I just think that's really cute because I would never think of Dairy Queen as a date, a date night. night. <laughs> But they love it. And then Wendy every will post. Every couple has things they, they love. Do. And they love that. They love Dairy Queen. And every time it happens, Wendy uh, posts on her Facebook, date night with hubby. And she like checks in at Dairy Queen. And it's hilarious. It's so cute. So um, that's another couple where I just, I love them so much. And um, they are just so well loved. And they have so many giftings and things that, um, they're able to contribute to this world. And so they're some of my favorite people too. I love that. Tell me a little bit more. You kind of talked about, I think, a few things that may have impacted you. Yeah. But how have they impacted your life? And what are some truths or lessons yeah. or encouragement yeah. that they have taught you? Yeah. I think, um, like I said, a lot of times we can look at individuals like Wendy and Ben and think their disability limits them. They can't do X, Y, Z. Uh, but God taught me through them that anything is possible. And Wendy always said some, well, she always says it, but the first time I met her, this was one of the first things that she said. She said, we all, we are all more alike than we are different. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so powerful because I think you can look at individuals with disabilities and think, oh, they're different from us. Um, or they can't do what I can do. But Wendy always reminds people around her, like, we're all more alike than we are different. Um, And we're all made in God's image. And Wendy was made in God's image. I was made in God's image. Ben was made in God's image. Um, So that's just been really sweet as I've continued to do life with individuals with disabilities. I'm constantly reminded, like, I have a lot in similar with them than I do things that are different. So um, they still are in Bryan College Station. I'm sure you could go to that town and find out who they are super quickly. And so um, I'm constantly hearing from Wendy on Facebook. And so she's just, she's super great. And so has Ben. So um, love the Erdmans. And um, I think God will continue to have big plans for both of their lives. Mm. Yeah. I know that you've introduced us to some of your friends and yep. I want to meet some more. Yep. But early on, I think maybe back when we were talking about Joey, you mentioned that God used him mm-hmm. to call you into something. Mm-hmm. So while you love these individuals and they are your friends, mm-hmm. I also know that you've kind of walked through some studies and yeah. some things where this is, they are your friends and it's even more than yeah. that. It's a calling. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, first I would say, I think God just kind of gave me this little sprinkle when I was in the womb of like, you're just going to have a heart for this. Cause people look at me and they're like, oh, well you must have a family member or you must have like a cousin or someone that has uh, special needs. And I'm like, I actually don't, I just have this love for them. And I think that that is a God given gift that he's given me that I, um, that's not lost on me, but I always thought I would be a teacher. And then I met Joey and then God started to cultivate this thing of in me of like, I want to show you what it looks like for you to love Jesus, to have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and I want you to know that you're God's image. And so he started to unravel this thing in me really all through high school. Like I always thought I would be a teacher. And then I got to college and started as an education major. And then my junior year into college, God was like, nope, remember that thing that I taught you in high school of like, you have this deep passion and desire to teach these individuals 
who God is, what it looks like to have a relationship with them, that they're made in God's image. I want you to do that, you know, in your career and in your life. And that lo- has looked different in different seasons. Um, so I think God used Joey um, as kind of this first impact of like, I have this love to just live life with these people, but I also want them to know that God loves them and he made them and he wants a relationship with them. And some people look at me and they're like, what? That's even possible? I'm like, it is. You cannot limit God and you cannot limit the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So yeah, that's been super cool to see how God has even used Joey and Ben and Wendy to kind of continue to unravel that passion in me. So initially you thought you would be a special education teacher, mm-hmm. but then you yep. shifted into, is it children's ministry yes. with an emphasis in special yep. needs Good ministry? Job, is that right? Kathy. Good job. <laughs> you got it. Yes, that's exactly it. So I spent my first two years in college as an education major. And then my junior year, God very clearly was like ministry full time. And I was so scared and I, it all felt unknown, but it was very clear that that was what the Lord was calling me to. And so I pursued a degree in children's ministry and then a concentration in special needs ministry. And you got a master's degree. Yes. Yeah. My master's was in, um, the children's ministry and special needs ministry. My undergrad was in Christian studies. So never thought I would do ministry. Never thought I would ever do ministry. (laughs) And in that context, but um, God often puts you in places that you don't think you'll go. Yeah. So <laughs> I know that there are probably a thousand things, but since I've asked this question of what God taught you mm. through your friends, yeah, I want to at least open the door and ask during that season of study, education, yeah. reading, learning from experts, engaging with people with similar passions. Yeah. What were some of your takeaways or things that you learned that impacted you during mm. that season? That's a good question. Um, that God's really big. <laughs> And um, God is not – there's no limits when it comes to God. So I look at individuals with disabilities, and I'm like, they are made in God's image just as much as I'm made in God's image. And he beautifully and wonderfully created them in their mother's womb and breathed life into their lungs just like he did with me. Mm -hmm. And so to realize that and be like, and I get to live life with them, like that's just – that's so cool. And I – I think that kind of goes against our culture. Our culture doesn't know how to do that, which is fine. I think we're learning. Um, But then also to realize like the first place that that family should be welcomed is in the church. And I Mm -hmm. think that's just been really cool of like, what does that look like? And what does that look like for me and my seasons of ministry? And what does that look like for churches around the world? And so um, God really taught me that he is beautiful, that he's big, and that his gospel's not limited either, mm-hmm. um, that they can understand who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is. It might look different, but his gospel is accessible to everyone. It's not just, quote unquote, people that are typical. It's, no, his gospel has no limits. Like we we see in scripture, like his gospel goes to the nations, um, but his gospel goes to everyone. And so it's been really cool to see in my life where I've seen that firsthand and I'm like, oh, that makes, <laughs> that makes sense. I'm, I'm seeing that in action. And so, um, yeah, I never thought I would even like be talking about this. Like I just never saw myself doing something like this. But then when I think about the passion and the gift that God's given me, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. Like if, if it's from God, then you just, you just do it. <laughs> I think it makes sense. <laughs> yes. And you did get to work for a while at yeah. a church, primarily with 
yeah. special needs yeah. or individuals yeah. with special needs. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. That was my first full-time ministry job and role for three and a half years. And it was hard and beautiful and everything in between. And um, yeah, almost to a year later of me changing my major, God kind of started to unravel that whole aspect of like, okay, this is where I'm calling you for this season in your life and full time. And so um, that was something that I got to do for three and a half years and it was really sweet. So mm. um, it was a gift. And I mean, I met people like Ben and Wendy during that season and got to carry on my love and the impact from Joey into that. So that was really cool. Mm. You used the word, I think you used both the words beautiful and hard mm. to describe yeah. that season. Yeah. And we've heard some of the beautiful. Yeah even through Wendy and yeah. Ben that you met during that season. Are you comfortable sharing with us any of the hard? Yeah. Um, it's just not pretty. It's messy. And so having hard conversations with families and walking through grief and physically it's hard sometimes when you are, um, you know, working hand in hand with an individual with dis a disability. And so, I mean, I don't think ministry, I think ministry is messy in general and we right. both know that Absolutely. and it's not always pretty. Um, but I think a ministry like that, it's just another level and, um, there's grief and there's sorrow and there's pain. And I experienced that, um, with a family, um, their son, John, during my time in that ministry, he passed away. And that was the first time mm -hmm. Joey passed away after that later on, but that was the first death that I experienced of like, okay, this is what it looks like to have conversations about grief with this family and salvation and all of the complex things. And that was the first time in that ministry where I was like, this is really hard. Um, and only God can sustain you. It was really beautiful at the same time, but spending a week in the hospital with that family till 3 a.m. every morning, like that's hard and it's exhausting. Um, but to also see how God was glorified in that situation and in in that season and in that um, death and sorrow was just really cool, too, that you just you can't help but look up in situations like that. You can't help but continue to look up and continue to ask God, OK, what are you teaching me? How are you using me? Um, how can I be, you know, how can I glorify you in this situation? Hmm. You brought up your friend, John, yes. and I know you <laughs> love John yep. and tell us a little bit about him. Yeah. So, um, John, uh, was a special friend of mine with autism and an intellectual disability, and he lived in a nonverbal world. So his way of communication was with a laugh, a smile, or a hop. John was always hopping everywhere he went. And it was the cutest thing <laughs> in the world. Like you would hear hopping down the hallway and you knew that it was John Martinez. And he uh, loved, loved, loved pizza and Dr. Pepper. Every time I drink a Dr. Pepper, I think about John because he was obsessed with Dr. Pepper, which we all have things that we're obsessed about. Of course. Mine's probably sweet tea, not Dr. Pepper, but John loved Dr. Pepper. And he loved pizza and he loved spending time with his family and friends um, at the farm. He loved the cow. So um, anytime we would talk about a cow, John would say moo and it would be like super unexpected and it'd be really hilarious. And so um, <laughs> John, like Joey, just lived a very contagious life. Like you were all, you were always gravitated towards John. Um, and his smile was like, Oh, you know, like when you like meet people with smiles and you're like, oh, that smile's warm or like it just yes. makes me feel like warm. <laughs> like that was John's smile. His smile was always warm. And so 
he loved music time at church and his music time was jumping and then clapping. And so we would always talk about make a joyful noise, even if your joyful noise is not pretty. Most of my joyful noises are not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> we, we joked before we started that maybe we would sing. We're like, not going to sing. No, I don't think you want me We're singing. We're not going to. Although you told me that you have been on a recording, yes, right? When yes. you were in what, third grade? A kid's worship CD in third grade. You probably can find it. This is my little plug, Laser Lime G3 Kids. <laughs> so if everyone on the worship team is sick one Sunday, uh-huh. Annalie can pull out yeah. some kids' pop. <laughs> I will sing it. Um, but my my singing is not a joyful noise sometimes. And so in the, in the uh, times that we would do worship um, at church, John would clap and hop all the time. And so then that got other kids in the class to clap and hop. So he was, uh, he was so, he was so great. His death was very unexpected. And so it really? truly was a tragedy um, for our ministry and for the people at our church and his family. But um, John ended up donating all of his organs to mm-hmm. other people that needed to continue to live. And so again, getting to teach the family, hey, there is death, there's life and death, like we're mourning and grieving over the loss of John, but we're also rejoicing and like he got to be a hero and he got to save other people's lives by donating his organs. So I look at a situation like John, it was both and. Like I experienced lots of happy moments with mm-hmm. him and lots of hard moments. Um, but I think that's also the beauty of knowing the Lord, walking with the Lord, and even just ministry in general. It's always both and. Um, things go hand in hand together. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned families, Mm -hmm. the families of individuals with special needs, and you've spent a lot of time with them. Mm -hmm. And I would love if you would maybe take a few minutes and share with me and anyone else listening. Frequently, I want to love people well. Yeah. And sometimes I don't know exactly what that should look like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think we do things that may be Mm well-intended, but they can be hurtful. Yeah. And I was wondering if you would take a few minutes and share with us what are some things we can either do that mm-hmm. would communicate well our love mm-hmm. or that we might want to say, hey, Kathy, you really meant well, but yeah. that is not going to be yeah. particularly helpful. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think our culture is getting better at it and our churches are getting better at it as we just learn what it looks like to live life Um, with these families. But a big thing is I think we need to be sensitive to our language. So um, the way that we're referring to individuals with special needs, we always want to use person first language. So we never want to tag on the disability before the person. So an example of that would be um, a person who is blind um, instead of a blind person. So you would say they're a person first, they have this thing, but this thing isn't their label or an individual with Down syndrome rather than a Down syndrome individual. Um, Just because it identifies, hey, you're a human and you're a person first. And so a lot of times we will say special needs families, um, but a, a better way to refer to it is families with special needs. And you'll meet some people that they're like, I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. But just for us to learn how to be sensitive to the language when we're referring to them. I find um, that to be really helpful yeah. because that's not my regular world. Yeah. And to know that to me, even if it's someone that wouldn't be offended, that's a real easy switch right. for me to say families with special needs yep. or an individual who is blind. Yep. That's something it's that I can easy. just adopt pretty yep. easily that 
will not offend the people that right. might be hurt yep. and clearly won't offend someone if yeah. that was not important to them. Yeah. But I want to do that. And that's a pretty simple switch for me. Yeah. I think it's super practical. Just thinking like identify the person first before the disability because we never want to label them. They don't have a label. Like you and I struggle with things that are hard or we feel like is, you know, a weakness, but we don't ever want someone to label us. And so being sensitive to them of, hey, you're a person rather than this label. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing too is a lot of times we can tell families like, God only gives you what you can handle. While that statement might be, our heart might be kind, um, it can sometimes imply that their child's condition was a result of fate Mm. and to suggest that like God chose them and said, well, you can handle a ton of difficulty. So that's why you get, that's why you got this. Um, But just being sensitive that like that statement can be very um, not hurtful at all. We say that, you know, oftentimes like, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle, but just being sensitive to the family of like, you know, you didn't get this because it's fate or God like, tag, you're it. You get to deal with more hard things than I do. Um, I've often heard just in my time and learning about this and doing life with families, like that can be really hurtful. And sometimes the best thing is to not say anything at all, you know, and just to say, I love you. I see you and I'm here for you. Um, rather than saying something that might be um, a good intention could come across hurtful. Hmm. That's really helpful as yeah. well. What yeah. else? Give me some more wisdom. Um, I think a big thing is show up. <laughs> so like, don't be radio silence. A lot of times we don't know what to say, so we don't say anything at all. Um, and while a ministry of silence can be super powerful, there's certain times when that can be super powerful. So I think back to my, you know, like walking through the death of Joey with his family and the death of John with his family. That was a time where I was silent. I just sat and I was present. But I also knew like, there were times when I couldn't be radio silent. So like text them on birthdays, text them on anniversaries, send them a card in the mail, um, text them on holidays, because sometimes those things, there's still grief in that. Like families are still grieving things that could have been or should have been. And those, you know, birthdays and holidays and all of those things can still be really hard for those families. There's joy in the midst of it. Um, but I think just being present, don't be radio silent, be present with a quick text, a phone call, or, Hey, I'm going to send you this $10 gift card and I'm going to, you know, get your groceries for this week. Or if you know, like they maybe are going through a really hard surgery or, you know, they're recovering from something like, instead of saying, it's very easy for us to do that just in general of like, what do you need? Oftentimes they don't know what they need. So just be present, be a friend. Um, and I think just another thing is just to constantly love and support them. You may not have all the right answers. Um, you may not know the right thing to say, but just being a friend speaks more volumes than I think they could ever mm. express. You know, just saying like, I want to do life with you. I may not fully understand. I'm not going to try to understand. But even just saying like, I see you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. Um, doesn't feel so isolating because their world is already isolated. But when they have people that are in their corner saying, I'm for you and I'm with you, that that speaks a lot to mm. to families and individuals with That's disabilities. Really helpful. Yeah. That's really helpful. You mentioned the word prayer just a minute ago. I know this is maybe a big question, so you don't have to answer all of these. But when you think about how 
I can pray well for mm. individuals with special needs mm-hmm. and their families. And I just want to open the door. Maybe it's if I know one directly, maybe mm-hmm. it's how can I pray for it in my church mm-hmm. or my city or the yeah. country. Help me understand some ways that I can pray. Yeah. I think if you know one specifically, then obviously ask like, hey, what's something I can be praying for for you? Because, you know, families may say, well, there's an anniversary coming up or we have this really hard doctor's appointment or we have this surgery that's coming up. Obviously, finding the practical things that you can be praying for. But in a broader span, um, individuals with special needs and families with special needs are often marginalized. They're the outcast. Um, They're the ones that don't get noticed. Um, and again, I think our culture is doing a better job of that. I think of the like special Olympics and, uh, businesses are employing people with disabilities, which is great. Those are good, healthy steps that we're taking. Um, but praying that we would continue to see, um, the life and the possibilities in them. So like for our churches, praying that our churches would see the need to create a space for them. Um, praying that our corporate worlds would see the need to create a space for them. Um, and so, and I think too that um, different families are going to be diff- in different seasons. And so some family may be, you know, I think about like Wendy and Ben's family and Wendy and Ben are in their 50s. And so their parents aren't dealing with something that like, um, a family that, you know, just had a child be born with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're dealing with two different things. And so praying, you know, that God would continue to sustain, sustain people that are years ahead of raising a child with special needs. And then God would sustain a family that is brand new. And so they're going to walk through grief and hardship and denial and all of those things. And so I think continuing to pray that our world would just become more and more inclusive. Um, I think our world just, our world needs to be inclusive to everybody. <laughs> so that, you know, that God would create, help us create an understanding to create an inclusive world. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> I'll probably go home and think about like, oh, there's five more things you can <laughs> pray about. <laughs> but that's off the top of my head. <laughs> that's great. I know we're getting near the end of our yeah. time. So tell me, what are any final thoughts, final memories, something mm. that's popped to your head while we've been talking that you haven't gotten a chance yeah. to share yet? Yeah. Um, I think it's easy to listen to a conversation like this and be like, I don't know the first thing to say or do when I see an individual with disability. Um, first, I would say, if you are walking forward and you know the Lord, then you have the Holy Spirit actively inside of you. So depend on the Holy Spirit um, and just smile and say, hi, how are you? What's your name? Most oftentimes they're going to start talking to you and (laughs) they're instantly going to think that you're their best friend. And so I think just preparing yourself to have a conversation, like if you see someone in the grocery store, uh, have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. If someone's struggling, checking out at the grocery store, help them. We should do that in general as believers. But I think it's it can be intimidating and scary to look at um, individuals with a disability and think, well, I don't know what to do and I don't know how how what to say. Just love them. Like, um, obviously, God's, you know, given me this gift where I feel like, you know, by God's grace, he's given me knowledge and training and all the things. Right. Like, he maybe hasn't for you, but for you, it's still very possible for you to just 
be their friend. And remember, in the words of Wendy, we are all more alike than we are different. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like the one thing. I feel like I need to quote that and put that on a (laughs) t-shirt with maybe Wendy's face because she would want credit. (laughs) But Uh, she should get it. Yeah, she would want credit. That would be Wendy. uh, And she deserves it. So I think that is the one big thing. Like, remember, we're all more alike than we are different. And it's possible. Hmm. Thank you so much. Yes. I know that I'm thinking about people who might be listening. Maybe it's someone with an individual in their family that has special needs. And you may all be at a different place Mm -hmm. in that journey Mm -hmm. or in those emotions. Yeah. Maybe you're in a beautiful place today or maybe you're in a hard place today. And we love you, Mm -hmm. Annalise. Mm -hmm. Name and email address will be in the show notes. And so email her if you want to share a praise mm-hmm. or if you want to ask Prayer someone to pray for her yep. or pray for you because yeah. she would love to do that. Yeah, please. I would I would love that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I am going to close in okay. prayer. I love it. And I love you and I love mm. your laugh. And I love that you <laughs> cried a little bit, but not <laughs> I know. I I'm cry so surprised. Much. I feel so gross. I feel like I should ask you <laughs> another question to like make you cry. <laughs> I did not cry as much as I thought I would. Anybody that is listening and knows me knows that that's a really big deal. <laughs> like a really big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal that I did not cry. <laughs> you're a big laugher and a big crier. Yes. And often people are one or the other, but yes. you're both. But it's always really sweet. Yes. Yeah, I'm so surprised I did not cry. Way to go. (laughs) Way to go. Okay, I'm going to pray. Okay. Lord, thank you that you have created every person in your image. Mm -hmm. We are so grateful that you um, let us bear your image, and it's really a kindness. As I think about individuals listening, would you bring encouragement and sustaining and joy to particularly individuals or individuals who have special needs Mm -hmm. in their family? We just pray for a special favor for them Mm -hmm. today. And Lord, I also just want to pray for those of us that may not have that currently, but we know someone who is. Just as Annalie has encouraged us today, would you, Holy Spirit, prompt and bring to mind something we can do to proactively love those individuals in our life? And for those of us who may not now have someone in our regular circle, make us really aware the next time we see someone that we can love well and give us the courage to just say hi and introduce mm-hmm. ourselves. I do pray for just like Annalie said, a more inclusive world where we are grateful for and get to celebrate every person that you've created. Mm-hmm. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.